Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. This week on the CineStream Club, Mercy. Yep, it's Pretty Woman. Remember me? No, I'm sorry. I was in here yesterday. You wouldn't wait on me? Oh. You work on commission, right? Uh, yes. Big mistake. Big. Huge. I have to go shopping now. Pretty woman. Pretty woman. Walking down the street. Pretty woman. What a lovely song, Andrea. Welcome to my room. I heard you singing from the hallway. Come on in. Edwin, how are you? Great to see you. I'm doing the music parts. Mercy. Crack that stream club. What we're watching now. stream club. Another Richard Gerflick from the 90s. It's not Runaway Bride. Oh, no. But it's close. In se- close in the sense of it being mediocre, but we'll get to that in a moment when I start talking about it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Welcome, pretty woman. We're, we're going to tackle pretty woman today. Um, this is something that made the Cinestream to-do list pretty early on. It's, a, yeah. it, it, it's definitely a, a classic 90s film. So it goes without saying it, it, it's something that we're going to do. But look, before we get into that... The first segment always is, what does the film mean to you? What childhood memory does it evoke? As always, I'll start it off. I don't have a lot of memories about this. I definitely did watch this as a a child, which is kind of a weird thing to say because it is kind of a, there's a lot going on in this film. There's a lot of dirty scenes in it. I definitely saw it before I was 10, 100%. Um, Don't know what was going on with the, I think it was Irish parenting in the 90s, like you know, once it's once there's nothing, once there's not full frontal nudity in it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and once the Lord's name isn't taken in vain, I think I think you're allowed to watch it. I think that's the rules. Mammy, what are they doing to that piano? <laughs> yeah, shut up. Yeah, they're playing it. He's playing a very low key. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I saw it as a kid, and the one memory I have of this film is. My mother and my auntie and and other kind of older like other mammies, whenever they talk about pretty woman, they'd always say, "And isn't he just such a gentleman? Isn't he such a <laughs> lovely man?" Wow. That Richard Gere fella, he's just such a lovely man. W- which couldn't be further from the truth <laughs> when you're rewatching it as an adult. He's 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 an asshole. His whole character, I the, the whole Richard Gere being this kind of, I think George Clooney took his place. As the nineties went on and Eeyore became very popular, George Clooney became that kind of, you know, um, salt and pepper sugar daddy. Mm. Um, you know, suave. Yeah, wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember all the mammies loving Richard Gere and loving him in this film, which is kind of funny w- when you watch the film now that they actually liked this character. Uh, and yeah, as I said, it's a film that I definitely saw before the age of 10. And maybe that's why it stuck, stuck with me, because I, I haven't seen this film in, in at least 20 years. And when I was re-watching it, I 
remembered most of it. I, I was actually surprised by how unsurprised I was in the rewatch because, I, yeah, I, I remembered most of it. Um, but Edwin, I'll start with you this time. What about you? What uh, what memories do you have watching this film from your childhood? Yeah, well, I, I think I remember watching it because it came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. And... So I would have been around like 13, 14 years of age around then. So maybe when I, I think I must have seen it probably when it came out in video, I think. I think someone rented it out in the house. Maybe it was my mammy. Because um, I think my mum would probably have a thing for Richard Gere. Mm. She likes those kind of brooding, uh, middle-aged, you know, men. She's actually a big fan of Ed Harris. <laughs> For some reason, she really? loves Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah. He's got charisma. Like, she she'd watch The Rock and be like, Sean Connery better not touch a hair <laughs> around the side of Ed Harris's head. Yeah, but um, she also loves Al Pacino for some reason. Oh, um, which is like, I mean, you can admire Al Pacino as an actor, but as a sex symbol, I I don't know. Well, I think Rich Paula Richard, said Paula touched um, when we were watching The Godfather one. Paula was looking at saying, God, Pacino's kind of sexy when he was younger. Yeah. So, so I, I can kind of see Pacino being a bit of a sex symbol. Pacino was yeah. meant to be the Richard Gere in this movie. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Him and Michelle Pfeiffer. It was meant to be Pacino playing the the, the, the businessman character and it was a much darker script. Um, yeah. It wasn't a romantic comedy at all. I think she actually died of an overdose at the end of it. It was It was a very, very tragic, dark film. And that's obviously why Pacino was interested yeah, the, in the first place. The um, the Pretty Woman song wouldn't have really fit as much into the credits. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Credit roll there. And now at the funeral of, of, of this lovely of this prostitute, I'm going to play her favorite song because <laughs> we have to crowbar this song in somehow. <laughs> it was the friend who died in the original script. Was I it think. the friend? Okay, the friend OD'd, but but Julia Roberts' character Vivian. Vivian. Um, she was a drug addict. Yes. And I think part of the original plot was that, you know, he hired her for, for the week. The, the original script was called 3000. 3000, yeah. Which is the, the <laughs> what he paid her for the week. But part of the deal was like, now you can't do drugs for the during the week. <laughs> and she's like, okay, then. Like, it's just that easy to, you know, if you're a drug addict and you need cocaine. Yeah. Then you're like. That's fine. I just won't take any drugs during the week and it'll be fine. Everything will be grand. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, but she I, spends all three grand on dental floss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think... Um, and I think be, when I... Just s- about a movie, it would be a, it'd be a movie about a woman having cold sweats and night, fear, <laughs> night fever dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's coming off heroin for a week. And write, writing... or she's on, she's on cocaine. She's writing like a 200-page screenplay. Uh, yeah, it, it would just be it would just be pretty train spotting women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Three grand for the week, mate. Um, but I, I thought this was a romantic comedy. This is like was presented to me back in the Halican days of the early nineties when things were much more innocent. And this kind of thing, you know, it, it is a fairy tale. It's the sort of movie that you could not possibly make today without it being kind of absurdistly funny that would have to kind of really ramp up the comedy for it to work because it is this weird 
uh, mix of genres. I, I felt watching it this time around. It has it has a kind of a serious edge to it, but it then whenever something kind of serious happens or there's a good piece of acting, there's like a montage with you know uh, an Shop- '80s tune shopping for stuff. Yeah, exactly. Fires up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Today, if it was being made, it would be a um, a Kevin Hart movie or something. It would have to be like elevated up into that slapstick level for it yeah. to work comedically. Be- yeah, Kevin Hart would be a gigolo, and. Um, <laughs> He'd fall in love with fucking, I don't know, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked someone off the top of my head there. So who's yeah, she'd who's be the, the female tycoon. Richard Gere of today? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Andrea, what about you? What, what, what does it, where does it bring you back to when you're watching it? Well, uh, in my house growing up, uh, Julia Roberts films were actually banned. And <laughs> I'm, not e- I'm not even joking because Julia Roberts looks like my mother's um arch nemesis this woman that my mom has a a long-lasting feud with right and whenever julia roberts is on the screen my mom goes turn her off she reminds me of your one or her laugh is like your one so we we weren't allowed watch julia roberts films at all the only one that slipped through the radar was steel magnolias so i didn't watch and how this did that slip film did she not know she was in it or Oh, I think it was because Dolly Parton's. She only has a minor role and she dies at the end. <laughs> you know? Yeah, once she dies in the film, it's okay. Because then she can <laughs> live vicariously through that film. Of <laughs> yeah. this Spoiler alerts for, for Sue Magnolia's guys. Spoiler guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen that decades old. So, so, you, so in your house in the 90s, Andrea... You weren't allowed to watch Julia Roberts movies or Kevin Bacon films because he's he's because oh, yeah. he's a known paedophile in your mother's eyes. Okay. Yeah, in my mom's eyes, she could she was never able to separate the artist from the art yeah. or actors who look like people she hated. Never. Dre, did she did she think Julia Roberts probably seeked out that role in Pretty Woman because she wanted to be a prostitute? Just no. She probably just thought that Julia Roberts was put on this earth to torment her constantly <laughs> yeah. by being so successful and looking like someone she despised. God, your your mum's nemesis must be pretty uh, a pretty woman, pretty a pretty woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She she's not. She doesn't look this, like Julia this, Roberts. This woman, it's it's more so her uh, demeanor, her loud kind of laugh, and she does have big curly hair. Yeah, it's it's. It's she's no Julia Roberts is beautiful. This woman did she ever try and make up with your mom? Did she ever say, Look, I'm just a woman that looks at Julia Roberts standing in front of a woman asking her to forgive her? (laughs) I won't get into the nitty gritty. They just they they had some they had some kind of disagreement years and years ago, and um, neither of them can let it go. But that it was always this niggling thing. Uh, you know, where turn that shite off, fucking Julie Roberts looks like that bitch. Were they both you know? vying for the uh, affection of a emotionally distant businessman? <laughs> yeah. They were the pretty women. <laughs> yeah, and so am I. So then, was it not watched? Did you not see it then as a kid growing up? Was it later in life or no? I, I the first time I saw it, I would have been about fifteen or sixteen. Okay, and it, again, it was in my friend's house, Angela and Kletz. These, which is your two best friends? Seen a lot of movies there. <laughs> yeah, from, from your from your big days. <laughs> all all the films that I wasn't allowed to watch at home, I would sneak over to their house because <laughs> they were a year older. So it was always like, yeah, yeah. come on, we can watch the 18s <laughs> yeah. films. And that's what <laughs> we're almost. 17. And that's a good show. That's 
And maybe maybe it maybe that's a good segue onto um the next segment where we talk about what genre is it and is there a better version of this film because no, I didn't actually have it written down, but but you just made me think of it there. It is one of those movies as a kid that you can kind of get away with watching, but you kind of feel like you're you know you're getting away with something when you're watching it. It's kind of like a dirty film. It, it's one of those films growing up that I remember when I when I was watching it, I remember feeling like I was doing something a bit bold when I was watching it, even though I was watching it with my mom. <laughs> like she was she was in the room with me. <laughs> yeah. she was she was in control. It's like, a bit racy. It does get a bit racy. Yeah, my ma- I, I remember watching it um, because I think it was. My dad was away or something and my auntie was over and my auntie really wanted to watch Pretty Woman and I it was too early for me to go to bed. So I think we they just agreed to watch it once they fast forwarded all the dirty parts. So it, it was just, which is like two or three parts. Yeah. And then... Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is quite mild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but I think it's it's just because of the main character being a sex worker. There's There's the fear. And that would also be another fear of my mother's like... Jesus, like it's about a sex worker. God knows what's going to happen in this film, yeah. and that mm. would be another reason why it would be banned. You know, from our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like it's like inviting your unhinged uncle over for dinner. You know, it's probably going to be fine, <laughs> but something could <laughs> at any minute could blow up. Yeah, yeah. He's no censor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just have it as um, my genre was just film, film, films with prostitutes in them. Um, <laughs> so like. <laughs> Films that are better than this uh, in that category, I have Unforgiven. Um, <laughs> That's a Western, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, but there's prostitutes in it, Ed. Come on, get with the program. Uh, risky... Prostitutes in most Westerns. <laughs> Ri- Oliver Twist. Yeah, Oliver Twist. Yeah, I have, I have Oliver Twist. Yeah. You can go, but be back soon. Um, risky Taxi Business. Driver. Uh, taxi driver, midnight cowboy, just the, the best little whorehouse in Texas. Yeah, with Dolly Parton, and then a Richard Gere uh, circle back, American Gigolo. Um, yeah, so another, another. So yeah, Richard Gere uh, liked he likes sex films and he liked prostitute films because he did two films of <laughs> prostitutes, and then a lot of his movies he ended up having sex, which is probably just a, <laughs> such a Hollywood trope, right? Sex, right? Am I right, guys? Hot take, Trev. <laughs> Um, he, he doesn't chance <laughs> upon those roles, Trev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it rains breasts on that <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this kind of brings us naturally into, you know, okay, we're describing the movie. So I know, Andrea, sometimes you tend to prepare some reviews based on memory. Uh, so before Andrea watches the film, she will just think up what she thinks the film is about and do a review on it. Uh, did you do it for this one, Trev? I did. Um, I, 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 you know, I wasn't far off from the truth, but then I did mix up something very <laughs> big. Something very critical. <laughs> so, something very critical. So, you know, this is all correct up to a point. Okay. So this is Andrea's review from memory. Okay. So Julia Roberts plays a street smart hooker hustling on the busy streets of L.A. And now I wasn't sure if it was L.A. because, you know, I, was like, I had in brackets New York. <laughs> Then one lucky day, she meets a businessman who doesn't want to have sex with her, but instead wants to just change her completely and make her into a perfect little woman for him. (laughs) Julia gets his credit card and goes on a mad shopping spree. 
she gets a very nice dress and they end up going to a dance in the White House where she dances with the president. And then I and then and then it was just the end. But you know what it was? And you said earlier the American president you're getting mixed up with the end, no, I, I, question mark. I think I, I was do you know what I was I had in my head? Because I'd watched a lot of um Princess Diana stuff recently. <laughs> and I think it was that picture of Princess Diana dancing with uh, John Travolta in the White House and for whatever reason that just popped into my head as like yeah that was that happened in Pretty Woman <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even Prince, you're the prostitute of our hearts Julia Roberts <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the, apart from that one that, that yeah. minor oh that's the climax you felt is that she went to the White House and had a dance with the president yeah yeah, like I, I, I couldn't remember. Like I, I wrote businessman, but I really didn't know what he was from memory. They, they um, don't really explain it too well. Like, yeah, he, yeah. There's he, two. There's a couple of lines where he says he he sells companies that have gone bust. He sells parts of those companies. Yeah. To other, it oh, sounds that, like what really would that be called, Trev? A, a, yeah. a corporate raider is kind of the the the, the, the street Ooh. the street jargon. But then at the sounds end, sounds like the... a shit wrestler's name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me punch the numbers. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then punch exactly. your face. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, have a look in my Philo facts. Pow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Dre, I think you've actually written. If there's any Hollywood producers or executives or studios listening to this podcast. Copyright Andrea Farrell, um, the hooker with a heart of gold and the president. <laughs> like that's like, yeah. This movie is like one cocaine fueled uh, executive meeting away from being that movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, was, yeah. What, what if what if he's not a corporate raider? What if he's the president of the United yeah, States yeah. and yeah. she's a hooker, but he doesn't know? Yeah. Or just one additional <laughs> line of coke away from being that movie, because I think there was a bit of coke <laughs> taken when they were, when they were writing this uh, script as it was. Um, okay, yeah. So look, for your consideration, what's the best scene, actor, theme, concept that we would submit to this fictitious academy if there was one? I just have two things. I have, this is the ultimate movie for the, I can't drive a stick shift scene. <laughs> it's the one thing... As a kid growing up watching these American movies where watching the main characters not be able to handle drive like a car, like a normal car, because these are just normal European style cars, you know, manual transmission. Yeah. And I used yeah. to always lose so much respect for the main characters when they used to have so much like so much of a struggle with driving these, well, normal cars. Uh, and I, I just yeah. I, I never fully bought it. I, I, I do I do work with a well I have worked with a couple of Americans that that have told me that you know when you come over here it's all stick shift and it takes a while to get used to but it's never like like it's like they get into these cars like they're getting on into like like <laughs> it's like they're getting on top of fucking uh, Concord planes or they're in a cockpit they don't know what to press or or, or what the pull it's like you know where's the where's the eject button. Uh, and just seeing <laughs> Richard Gere go from being this like slick corporate guy having a party in the Hollywood Hills to like struggling to drive a car up, you know, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, he mm. only he only drives in limos. He says his first car was a limo, which obviously means that he's only ever been a passenger. Yeah, because when yeah. He, when he said that, I was like, yeah, that's obviously what it means. 
But, but it I, also could mean maybe he was. I, maybe he started off as a limo driver. I mean, maybe it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. it's showing that both yeah. characters have started from the bottom. Now we hit started from the bottom. Now I'm <laughs> open the top of the of the something dri- like yeah. that. Started in a limo. So the, now the, I'm driving stick. They'll make a prequel next year with like someone playing a younger version of his character called limo driver <laughs> yeah and he gets paid by a prostitute to drive her around for a week for three thousand dollars for commission yeah um yeah like the like the sexy driving miss daisy <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> this time she's behind the wheel <laughs> yeah i always talked when he was i remember that. riding miss daisy <laughs> three thousand dollars a week is what she cost me um and then also, I just I, I did like the the la, like that last scene, like the famous scene where he comes and he's the knight in shining armor. Um, I hated it. I, I hate that scene. Um, but the the line where she's where he he says he says something like, you know, and and he rescued her from her castle or whatever, and then she said, and she rescued him right back. It's cheesy, but like I remember, yeah. I remember as a kid hearing that line and kind of going, oh, that's kind of cool. They kind of flipped the whole princess thing on its head but like they, they really didn't mm. because it, it really is that kind of princess um being rescued type movie you know damsel in distress yeah. uh but i did i did like that line and i made a note of it as well as something that i liked but yeah like that scene what annoyed me about that scene dre is that he's such an asshole for the whole film and then in, in this one minute segment at the end suddenly he has this charisma it's a where he's like dancing up the stairs and he's got the rose in his mouth and it's like He's a different character. It's like it's it's like it was the last day of filming and it was like, okay, forget about all your characters and just be Richard just be Richard Gere and Julia Roberts for the day. Yeah. Like her her accent isn't there anymore. Because at the start of the movie she's like, Hey, I'm a tough talking streetwalker who loves, you know, convertible cars and knows a lot about four cylinder engines and drugs. And then at the end she's like, you know, <laughs> at the end of it she's like Damsel in Yeah, she's like and she rescues him mm. right back. I'm Julia Roberts. This you know, her voice completely changed and his persona changed. So yeah, the last scene is muck. But I did like that line. So I, I have that for your consideration. Um but I, mm. I'm I'm but I'm scraping here. Like it's just two things. There there wasn't a lot I liked about the film, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, what about you guys? What, what what would you be putting forward to the academy here? I'll start with you, Andrea. I I mean I I love the the shopping scenes. <laughs> I love when she. Do you know when you know when she first goes into the shop and they tell her to like fuck off, poor lady. <laughs> you <laughs> <Fuck> know, <off. laughs> was Colomini working behind the shop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that that spoke that spoke to me not because i'm a sex worker who tried to buy fancy clothes one day but something similar did happen to me right i was working um as a nanny at the time right and i also had a like a big bucket of pennies in my room pennies and 10 cents right (laughs) trevor this is only about seven years ago right and one day (laughs) were you you selling apples in on on, for (laughs) penny apples one day i decided to like bag them all up and stuff and i had like a big just basically a big bag of loose change and i went into a brown thomas i went into a fancy enough shop um on Grafton Street. I won't uh, name names. But I picked up a load of things and I went to pay. Yeah. And of course, when I went to pay, I got, like just say it was came to like 50 euro. I gave her like 
45 euro or 40 euro in notes and then I gave her the rest <laughs> pennies, right? <laughs> because I just wanted to get rid of them. I didn't want to queue up at the bank. Yeah. So I had them all counted up ready to go and I was giving them over to her and your one made me feel like a piece of shit, so shit that it wasn't even, this wasn't me trying to be funny. I was just, this. I was literally scraping by <laughs> at this point, right? And your one gave me the dirtiest look and was like, fuck's sake and then i started crying (laughs) as i was paying for my jeans and then when i was she just she just let me go and as i was leaving there was a lady standing at the door and she just goes i hope you enjoyed your shopping experience today and i just looked at her with tears in my eyes and i just went i did not (laughs) i'm crying she goes what happened that woman up there made me feel like a piece of shit pretty much. And um, I said, uh, you know what? Some people come in here and if they have to pay with pennies, you should feel honoured that they are paying with their pennies in your shop. And then I left Whoa. still crying. <laughs> I, I was really upset yeah. by it. Well, yeah, you should. Yeah, we should, they shouldn't make you feel. You, yeah. you should, you, money's money. You should have come back the next day with a crisp 50 euro note and say, huge mistake. <laughs> you were- huge mistake. <laughs> You work on commission, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'd be like, no. No, no, we actually don't. Yeah, it's like half a percent, yeah. (laughs) And look, this is, look, we're, we're, and it's a natural segue to the cutting room floor. Like the, the, the the first thing, the first note I made for the cutting room floor was just, not just Richard Gere's character, but just Richard Gere. Like, like, is he, is he just a bad actor? Like, can you name a good? No. He's so stiff I, in this uh, room, in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he—he's got a kind of. Uh, I mean, I—I th- I think they kind of lean into his. Yeah, he's underacting to the point of almost being in a coma. Yeah. But he's very much like he's in that um, Terence Malick movie, Days of Heaven. Yeah. Um, from the seventies, late seventies, he's really good in that because it really suits his uh kind of underplaying because in that movie he is uh pretending that his 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 wife is his sister or something because they're going from they're traveling and working on farms and stuff it's kind of set the sort of the early 1900s and he has to pretend that they're that he can't say that they're married because they they won't be able to stay in the house kind of thing because you know it's very Puritan people and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. they've got this sort of secret relationship going on. So there's a lot of kind of heavy weighted looks and lustful glances and whatnot. Uh, but for this movie, I mean, I think it's, he's kind of like the straight man. So Julia Roberts can shine kind of thing. Yeah. But he still has to be, you know, the only thing he has going for him is his sex appeal. He's sexy. And he's rich. Yeah. And she says to him at one point, you're, you're kind of a genius. But at the start of it, when he's like going around the party and there's this woman going, um, oh, I, I got married. I couldn't wait around for you, yeah. Edward. And and he's like, uh, yeah, your husband's a very lucky man. Something like that. He's really kind of condescending and stuff. And yeah. Just... The thing about the movie as well is that like, if you compare it to other movies where you have like a real kind of emotionless stoic kind of lead male who 
who is meant to kind of turn or convert into this nice person by the end of the movie because he's found love. Like yeah. Richard Gere literally doesn't make that shift until the last minute of the film. <laughs> like he, he's he's an asshole right up until the last. Like I, I was thinking of The Sound of Music where you have uh, Julie Andrews' character falling in love with the with the captain. And like mm. the, ca- the captain is that kind of like, you know, he's an ex-military captain. He's like, you know, really, you know, he's a commander in chief of his house. He's, a, he's an asshole. But he's only an asshole for about a half an hour of the movie. And then he falls in love with yeah. Julia Roberts. And then he, be- oh, Julia Roberts, <laughs> Julia Andrews. Yeah. Julia and then Andrews. he becomes very likable. And Christopher Plummer nails like that character. Where gear in this, yeah. it's like he's just in, um, like, unlike his uh, stick shift driving, he never makes it out of second gear. He's just, uh, mm. yeah, he, 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 <laughs> he's just phoning it in. He's phoning it in. Um, Who do you think would be better in that role? Because I know who I think. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one guy. There's only one guy. Morgan Freeman. I think think that uh, Tom Hanks would have been perfect in this role. And even Meg Ryan could have even played. Meg Ryan was was, um, on the list. She was nearly nearly cast for this film. Uh, So was Sandra Bullock. Molly Ringwald from um, Pretty in Pink and all those movies was up for the role as well and she turned it down because she just felt it was just um i think it was up it was her and julia roberts that were kind of neck and neck for it and she just she rescinded or or, or took a step back because she kind of said look this is this is made for julia roberts this is this has got her all over it mm. yeah meg ryan how old how old was molly ringwald at that point i actually don't know how i don't know how she would have been about 22 or 3 i'd say oh yeah. okay she would have been kind of the same age but she ha- i think she has quite a baby face she does I don't know if that would yeah. have been, um, yeah. if that would have worked. It would have made it would have added to uh, the darker side of it if the original script had been kept in, because you know this, you know, younger, seemingly younger prostitute or sex worker. Yeah, I, I think know? I would have liked to see the, the 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 darker version of this movie, like with yeah, Pacino or you know. <laughs> oh, you're a pretty woman, but you can't do the cocaine. Yeah. My offer is this. I will this. pay you three thousand dollars a week. My offer is nothing. No, it's wait. It, actually, no, it's three thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just when I thought I was out of eliciting the, the, sex the lady. prostitutes, <laughs> she pulled me back <laughs> in. Pulled me back in. <laughs> I think Tom Hanks would have been very good in the role because if it is that thing of, you know, he's like a, a stuck-up businessman who only thinks about business. Yeah. But then he learns to kind of loosen up. It's kind of like the opposite mm. arc that he had in Big. Yeah. Where he starts yeah. off childlike and becomes a serious businessman. It's like the, the switcheroo. Yeah. But he would have given it a little bit more. Yeah. Like Richard Gere is a little bit too stoic and a little bit too unreadable. Yeah. But like Richard I don't. Richard Gere I, might have been perfect for the darker role. Maybe. Because they yeah. change it to yeah. a rom com. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't think he was suited. I think somebody like Tom Hanks or whoever else w- would have been more suited to what the f- film w- became, you know? Well, Andrea, do you know who was who was attached in the Richard Gere part when Meg Ryan was being courted? Sean Connery. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Sean yeah. Connery as the, as the main... I can't drive this fucking shtick. <laughs> oh, you're a pretty well, woman, all right. If Sean Connery had been in it, it wouldn't have been his friend beating her up at the end. It would have been him. <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Open hand. What, what was his? Oh, 
<laughs> Sometimes when a woman, uh, she the she argument's been won, but she won't let it lie. You give her an open-handed slap. Yeah, he would have. He he would have been requesting. I think I should do that scene. Teach yeah. that girl a lesson. I actually thought of Sean Connery in the scene where Richard Gere is holding Julia Roberts. You mentioned it earlier, Ed, where she tells him that she loves him, and he's just there, like with his eyes open, like looking at her. Hold, but, <laughs> he just goes. But, but he's so stiff in the bed. It actually, it actually made me think of Doctor No when Sean Connery was in the bed and the tarantula was walking up his chest. It was the same, it was oh, the yeah, same yeah. body language that he was kind of that he was using. There's a tarantula behind this pane of glass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, obviously yeah. behind yeah, a yeah. pane of glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Tom Hanks would have been. I yeah, I think it would have been. I think it would have been better. Was he too young though? I think because Julia Roberts is 21 in this movie and Richard Gere is 40 years old yeah I actually I actually had Tom Hanks as well as somebody that could be better at this when I said it to Paula while we were watching it Paula actually said oh but he's not anywhere near good looking enough to be the lead in this movie I I will fight Paula like any time any day I'm looking at pictures. So that when this film was made, Tom Hanks had made The Burbs. So that's, Andrea, that, that you're not looking look. at pictures. You just clicked yeah. on your tab of Andrea's sexy filed. Tom Hanks pics. I'm, yeah, just, yeah. I'm just looking at my, my uh, screensaver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just hit control M to minimize everything else on your screen so you can look at Tom Hanks. So He's beautiful. He's such a versatile actor. I mean, playing, going from playing a child to a deserted to a confused foreigner in an airport who can't find the exit like, door oh. yeah. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to please yeah. my heart <laughs> um, other stuff that I have on the cutting room floor the use of sets the, the, the balcony in the, in the hotel room is such yeah, an it was very Shakespearean oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly it was like especially a, at the end when they're out talking on it it really looked like a set very much so and yeah. I, it made me think how much did they spend on that balcony because they really spend a lot of time on it it's there's probably yeah. like four or five scenes on the balcony and it just looks terrible and there's like at one point there was like a bird flying in the background and it's so obviously like it was like in coming to america where you have the zebras running across the screen i was thinking mm-hmm. of the stagehand or the the, the, the person who had to like yeah. just release, who had the, to release bird. the bird yeah yeah Trev, it probably wasn't even a bird it was probably just a tennis ball with a couple of feathers stuck in it and they just yeah, threw yeah. it just a nerf like, ball it'll read yeah. as a bird <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be fine yeah yeah, that, that looked really bad. I thought the whole opening scene with her, when it introduces her mm. and like the landlord's coming to get the rent and she goes... Uh, She's sleeping out. so sexy. And it's, it's the landlord from Friends, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's the same guy. It is, yeah. 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 And who's, who's also in Seinfeld? Uh, Breaking Bad as well and um, yeah. Better Call Saul. He is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, Hank Azaria is in a is in one scene That's as a the cop. Thing. Yeah, I when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I totally forgot about this character. I wonder what and he's I was, doing. Yeah, and I was expecting him to show up again later on in the movie. Yeah, but no, he just maybe he had scenes that were cut or something. But yeah, just like yeah, just one little scene. Yeah, but she yeah, she wakes up, and I was thinking. Is that Julia Roberts or is that the like a, the body double that they use for the for the poster? poster. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then she's going down the the steps, the the fire escape, and it just seemed to go on and on. Yeah, it was like the whole opening. It, like you could you, you could have done that. She could have been like oh, she could have looked out, saw the landlord, shut the door, mm. and gone out a back door, and she's on the street, and that's it. You know that scene with um, 
your man Hank Azaria, the where he he's the detective. I have a feeling that that was a hang up from the original script because I think they did shoot some of the dark film and then it changed. Is that am I right? Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I don't think I don't I, I, I don't think I they Di- shot some of the dark film. Yeah, cuz Disney Disney bought it cuz it was Disney's film. Yeah. Um and I think it was I think like, Gary Marshall came came on and he he changed it and made it lighter. Okay. And re- rewrote stuff at, at the request wrong, of Disney. Sure. They bought the rights to it, and they're like, yeah. "Let's flip this into." And it's it, it always kind of makes me laugh because it's so different to what the original was meant to be. Why did Disney yeah. even buy the rights to it? Why didn't they just like make their own <laughs> version of this film? Like, because it's so detached from what the original story was going to be. Uh, yeah, it, it strikes us odd that they'd even bother buying the rights for this story because it's. Total yeah. departure. Also, a weird film choice for Disney to release. You know, it's not, it's not very Disney esque. It is. Now. See, that's the thing. Yeah, it, yeah, but it's it's kind of pretty innocent. But now, yeah. you know, in this day and age, where if you you know if you want to do any research into the the lives of sex workers, there you know there's podcasts about them. There's podcasts by them. Yeah, there's so much information now, and the 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 nature of uh, sex work has changed so much. Like the scene where he he brings her into the hotel and brings her up to the penthouse. And he's like, you know, how, you know, how much for the night? Mm-hmm. And first example of her really bad. This is the whole, <laughs> this is something from the cutting room floor. And Trev, you'll probably appreciate this. Her negotiating skills are fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she's like a hundred dollars yeah. for an hour, and he goes, "How much for the night?" Yeah, you know, three. there's like seven, there's seven, there's seven, yeah. eight hours in a night, and that's yeah. about eight hundred dollars. You'd round it up to a grand. Yeah, and she she yeah. goes, "You you can't, you probably couldn't afford it," and he's like, "Try me," and I was thinking, "You're sitting in a fucking penthouse. You're sitting in a place that's four times the size of your apartment that you can barely afford." And then she goes three hundred, and he's like, "Yeah, done." Like idiot. It's like the 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 penthouse probably costs a couple of grand a night or something like that. Um, but then you know he's like, "Oh, let's we'll just hang out, or whatever." And she's like, "Can I take my horrible patent leather boots off?" And he's like, "Grand." And then she's like trying to, she's basically just trying to get it over with as quickly as possible. Well, I think initially because she's yeah. being paid by the hour, and. There's, you know, there's no kind of like like you'd have with an escort these days, the girlfriend experience, the kind of chatting, you know, romance. She's not by any stretch of the imagination uh, good at her job. She's not like a high class prostitute, as they yeah. would have said back yeah. back in the day. She's kind of, um, you know, but but she is sort of singled out as being, you know, very early on. It's like. Oh, you know, my fr- I came up here. My friend, uh, I met this girl who got kind of got me in and taught me the rules. You know, I choose who, uh, when, how much, uh, no kissing on the mouth, and you know, so I'm in, I'm in charge. Yeah, and that th- that is something that I did laugh at just on the initial point that you made on her negotiating skills. Like, yeah, even though she's naive. She's done a lot and she's talked about how much she's done this. So, yeah, you think she'd have better skills. It's like, yeah, like a, a hundred per hour. And then she's up in this. She, like, it takes two seconds to realize that she's bagged 
Scrooge McDuck here. You know what I mean? Like he's like, he's like he's, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah. Oh, it's going to cost you a lot. Yeah. Three hundred dollars. Like moron. And that's when I was watching it. I actually said out loud. I said moron <laughs> at the screen uh, when I was. Yeah. Was and like three grand for the week is nothing. nothing. Like it should have been uh, 10 G's easy, you know? Yeah. And that's and like, I don't know if three like what's the inflation on that? Th- three grand in 1990. I'll get it now. Oh, here we go. This is this is the segment we call Inflation Calculator. Which yeah, absolutely. Actually. It's the Inflation Calculator. So, yeah. So, <laughs> $3,000. Now, okay, this mm-hmm. is based on euros, but it's a similar inflation rate. Uh, 3000 in 1990 is about 5000 now. So, like... Oh, that's not that different. That's not that different. $5,000 yeah. for, for a week. Lads, what would you week? do for 3000 Like, if... So, if, if if oh, an older my, my lady. rule for three thousand for a week would be only lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, only yeah. kissing, only kissing. Yeah, only kissing. Yeah, a week yeah. shift. Where kissing? Where Trev? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a bit where there's actually a scene that made me, or there's a line that made me laugh out loud because I just found myself laughing at Richard Gere's character because he was so fucking like a nothing man. But uh, when he's having the, the, the dinner with the, the granddad and the grandson, the, who he's trying to buy the company from. And he uh, goes, Duke. Uh, Duke and Duke. <laughs> he's trying to buy it from the Duke, Duke brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, his last movie as well. I looked it up afterwards. He, di- he died. Ah. Uh, the minute, he died like a minute after they shot that scene. <laughs> um, he died when he saw uh, how bad the film was, when he read the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They would, they. They said cut, and I said, "Wow, this this uh, comedy romance about a prostitute is going to be hilarious." And he went, "What?" And had a heart attack. Yeah. But he said, "He he says, uh, Mr. Lewis plays hardball," and Richard Gere just goes, "Yes, yes, I do." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Who would say that? Yeah. What assholes actually says that?" Yeah, you that know? is correct. <laughs> that is correct. I am an asshole. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. Just before we move on to the favorite quotes, um, for explaining the film in one sentence, I know you did your review, Dre. I just had rich, unlikable asshole hires prostitute to make her feel terrible for six days, and then he follows her home when she leaves him. For me, that's the film in one sentence. Uh, Jesus, that's a, that's on that's hit the nail yeah. on the head. Yeah, I, I, that's and that also sounds it, like yeah. a horror movie at a thriller, but like. The way you he was it. so mean yeah. to her for the whole movie, and then he like he brought yeah. her to the polo mm. match and he told everyone that she was a prostitute, even though he dressed her up to look like some rich madam. Well, he ju- he ju- he told Jason Alexander that that she was a prostitute. Yeah, but George from Seinfeld he, yeah. can't hold his piss, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah. That that was um, that for me is, is a well, I don't know if it's a plot hole, but I just didn't really understand why he did that. Oh, because because George because uh, the character that that he was playing was thought thinking, she was a spy, was getting all paranoid that yeah. she was like a spy or something. You just met her, yeah. But like he didn't have to say she's a prostitute. He could have said she's a librarian, yeah, or she's a school teacher. He could she's have lied. My friend. He could have said another lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any, yeah, anything. She's a cocktail waitress or something, you know. Yeah. And I think he tries to justify it later by saying I was. I saw you talking to your man, you know, the guy that they went to dinner yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Um, his grandfather and, or his grandson. And I was, you know, I got jealous or whatever. 
But even that, like he didn't see it. He didn't seem bothered by your man talking to her. Like that was just a yeah. lie. Yeah. And he said to excuse what he said. Hey, that was a real sad part of the movie. I felt yeah. bad for her. You know. Uh, favorite quotes? I don't have a lot. I I, I did. It's a nice little line. The, the bit of an exchange they have where she says, "I would have done it for two and he goes, "I would have paid four. That's a nice little line. Yeah. And then I remember the line where she goes back into the shop saying, "Big mistake, huge mistake." When she talks about the yeah. guys, you work in commission, right? I remember that being a really big line when I was rewatching it the other night. I, I, I it, it wasn't as powerful or as cool as I remember it being. I thought it was delivered a bit, kind of, it was a bit of a limp yeah. delivery. Um, but I, but but there's nothing else really to be honest with you. They're the only two quotes that I that I put down here. Um, what did you? I like I like um, uh, when they're drinking the sh- she's drinking the champagne and he says. Try it with a strawberry. It brings the flavor <laughs> it out. It brings the flavor out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. it was so... That that was on a par with the whole uh, Christian Grey. That's Grey. like something a 40-year-old woman... like yeah, a, yeah. No, a 50-year-old woman yeah. says in the in a barbecue in yeah. Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Try it with a strawberry. Yeah, yeah, but it's such a real, like, contrived... Brings out the flavor of the champagne. <laughs> but all I was missing was, like, um, would you like to... Oh, yeah. And here is my bank statement. As you can see, I'm a very rich man. <laughs> it's like it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, such yeah, a yeah. stupid line just to show how, you know, uh, upper class this He's guy is. He's constantly trying to one up her um, when there's really no need. Like, yeah, he, he picked yeah. her up from the street <laughs> and paid her the smallest amount of money to so that he could have control of her but he's still like oh I drive all these cars and I've got all this money and blah 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 I'm yeah. surprised he only bought one dress you know what I'm yeah. he he's so kind of blasé about, the, about, his, whole, about his massive wealth mm. that it's almost like he's saying fuck you to her kind of thing or yeah. um, it's almost like he's he's showing off but he's not really uh, letting it show he's got a poker face on yeah, and he knows that she's really, really impressed by all this stuff that he, I guess, takes for granted. But yeah, yeah, but I think like, it's it's almost like he's a bit disgusted with himself that he is very attracted to her from the get go. But it's like, yeah, she's a dirty sex worker. I'm just going to keep putting her down. You know yeah. what I mean? But then he, you know, she just chips away. With her charm, but she gro- she gropes him in the car, lest we forget. Yeah, because because he he's like uh, he says, you know about cars, and she's like, uh, yeah, and we're supposed to be impressed that a woman knows how to drive a car in nineteen eighty nine, I guess, or nineteen ninety. Yeah, and then she, and he says, what? Uh, why do you? Is the line like, why do you make it so hard? And she just basically grabs him by the crotch and goes not yet yeah yeah and i was like yeah what? <laughs> yeah that's I mean, something now that yeah. wouldn't be, that wouldn't be in a disney film now like you, you know it, no there's a couple of lines that would yeah there's a couple of clangers in the film like that that kind of you really yeah. hear yeah. that you hear that you, you can hear the the spanner hitting the floor when the line drops um but, but you know in in that scene she tells him that like I don't know whether it's her brothers or like boys. I, I'm assuming it's like a trailer park or whatever that she's grown up. <laughs> I actually don't know. She's I from don't, Georgia. Is it, 
That's her. That's her is backstory. She's she, like the, she's come from. I think she says the, the boys. South. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. The boys, uh, wherever she lived, Dungarees, you know, I learned quick. Um, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm kind of imagining too. That she was like a tomboy growing up. But that's the only bit of information that I can remember from the film about her backstory. Because tr- I think the only time he asks her a question. And I feel like he really wants to know the answer is when he asks her her name in the car at the very yeah. start. And she just says, I'll be whatever you want me to be or what you want it to be. And he gives her a look and then she says, it's Vivian. I feel like that's the only time he really he really wants to know the, the real yeah. answer. The rest of the time, he's just kind that of when he said how much about his own money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they, they don't really have... Um, they don't really have much to say to each other. I know they have a bit of a heart to heart in bed, like and yeah. then the next day it's back to business. <laughs> but, 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 um, she, but she, but she, but she's also kind of, you know, she realizes that I think that's the kind of supposedly the premise of the movies. Like she's got a week to make him fall in love with her and realize that she's the woman of his dreams. Yeah. This woman that he's yeah. bought for three grand for the week. Which is like problematic on his, on her, from her point of view and from his point of view. Um, and but but that's the kind of that's the like sunny rom com yeah, yeah. hook with dun, this dun, movie. Dun, dun, dun. That's the big concept. Yeah, Oh, and uh, the 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 song comes in very much like in in Batman Begins. Um. I'm sure you'll talk about this on a future Batman Begins podcast. Um, wait, we are doing Batman maybe, Begins, right? Maybe can next we, week. Can, <laughs> yeah. Maybe next week, folks. Tune in. But uh, when he appears as Batman and says, I'm Batman, and you see him in the costume, it's an hour in and an hour into Pretty Woman. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah. The song yeah. started. And I, and I went, ah. Oh, just like Batman. Did you notice, um, the, obviously the song is in it, and then when she's initially trying on some stuff, they do like the riff of the song. Yeah, yeah. There's a little sting just before it. Yeah, and it's like they, it's like they, they, didn't, they couldn't strip the, the, the vocals off the original track or something, so they had to like get yeah. a band to like redo. So the sting of Pretty Woman at the start is a different recording. It's <laughs> not the original track. It's, and it oh, actually right. sounds like... Like not fresher, but I'm I'm trying to. It just it, you know you, you just know the Roy Orbison version. It's just it's just quintessential. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like it was recorded back in the day. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, yeah. the songs. I I noticed how many how many songs there are. Yeah. And how many kind of montages there are. Like the, a song comes in, and it's usually accompanied by some kind of montage, shopping montage, or just kind of yeah. an LA montage. Um. LA montage <laughs> sounds like some weird French expression um, but it seems like that they just had these kind of montage song sequences to sort of break up and maybe that's a result sure. of them adapting the original gritty script into this kind of life hearted yeah. more kind of uh, romantic comedy kind of thing although it, it is very kind of it's not played for laughs, you know, it is played for oh yeah, it's kind of a serious and when you look at romantic up on, drama, when you Google it and you read it like the, the Wikipedia page and you read it on IMDb, it's not actually down as a comedy. Like it's never they weren't pushing yeah. it as a comedy per se. 
not even as a rom-com mm. so it, it is kind of like a kind of a romantic drama that's kind of how yeah. they have it pegged it's just there are a few moments where you know Gita roberts is doing that you know oh there's a there's a, a rip in my in my pantyhose or yeah something and goes oh i'm not wearing pantyhose wah, wah. she's kind of acting like a dick in that really she's like, been a bit she's of an just, asshole in the lobby yeah yeah, she was. She, she's acting like she's acting like a bowled child, and what makes it worse is Richard Gere keeps telling her to stop fidgeting, like she is a toddler or something. There's a yeah. weird. He says it to her a bunch of times in the movie, and it's just like she's not a child, man. Yeah, she's twenty years younger than you, but she's not a child. <laughs> for for plot holes or or what didn't make sense, th- there's a lot of things that didn't make sense. Um, like and, and we don't need like it's kind of we kind of touched on it, but even stuff like. At the start of the movie, I couldn't quite get why Richard Gere's character was so stressed out and why he had to leave the party to get to the the plane to go to the place to do the thing. I knew the deal wasn't going to go through or you have to meet somebody, but it wasn't very yeah, clearly yeah. executed. Like um, even Julia Roberts leaving her apartment to go out onto the night and do her job like that felt a bit messy how it was cut together. Yeah, because it, do you notice that she's 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 fixing a shoe but then she puts on the boots. Yeah. She's fix it. She's just wasting oh. time. Essentially. She's procrastinating. When she, she hates her be, job. When she should be out on the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She's fixing a shoe. For things that didn't make sense, like George from Seinfeld, I don't know his name, but, um, Jason Alexander. Well, no, I know his name, but I don't know his character. Duck man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Jason Alexander's character, uh, whatever lo- his name. Lawyer. Lawyer. S- s- uh, uh, attempted rapist. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just your regular stock lawyer, uh, rapist character. From from nineties movies, such a trope in the nineties. But when his reaction to his secretary, when his secretary tells him that Gear has taken the day off, is just ridiculous. And he reacts that way <laughs> as he's playing with a miniature pool table on his desk, as if it's oh, like, that's it's hilarious. Like, I love is, that. Scene. Is, is this what work is? It's like he's not going to work today. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so angry. Okay, back to my miniature game of pool on my desk. You know, it's such a <laughs> stupid scene. And then actually, Paula said this. When when Gear took his day off and he goes walking around Julia Roberts for the day, he he's wearing a suit. Like what an asshole! It's like who wears a yeah. suit on their day off? Yeah. <laughs> like he's meant to be chilling yeah. out, and they have, and he's reading Shakespeare in the park. Shakespeare in the park, taking off his uh, taking off his socks, uh, and she's massaging his feet. I mean, oh, yeah, gross. Like she she won't kiss on the mouth, but she massage his pasty white his feet. His flaky feet, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's disgusting. Two things then that made no sense. One, when she's getting all dressed up and spending all that money to look like a classy, pretty woman, the like I'm I'm not a fashionista, um is that the word? But the dress that <laughs> yeah. she wears, like when she's walking down the street, like she, somebody said my fair my fair lady. She looks like something out of the 40s or the 50s. She actually looks like she's about to get onto the, onto the Titanic. She's like going to the first class route. Where's the White Star first class lounge, please? I've got my golden ticket for America. Like she's wearing a button up um, white dress with a big hat. It, it's L.A. in the 90s. Like, you know, she should be dressed like, you know, um, what's that woman that like Paula Abdul or something? I don't know what she's meant to dress like, but <laughs> not like, yeah, not like Molly Brown from the Titanic. Uh, so that didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Do you know what made no sense about that opening scene where he leaves the party as well? Because he says, um, "My first, my first car was a limo," and he can't drive a car. Yeah, but yet he insists on taking your man's car rather than taking, I don't know, a taxi. Yeah, or or just ordering. waiting. 
five minutes for them to move sort out, out of the, the way. keys and move. There's only one or two cars in front of his fucking limo. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, that whole that whole opening sequence really, really threw me, and it kind of put me off. <laughs> like, I kind of it distract. It was distractingly badly executed. Um, yeah. The piano scene where he's playing in the in in the restaurant. Oh my um, God, yes, it's such a the best slash worst scene in the whole movie. That I literally kind of leaned forward and went, "What the fuck?" He, you know, he composed that piece because he's obviously that yeah. is him playing. Gear obviously talked to Gary Marsh and he's like, "Well, I've actually been working on a piece of music that I'd like to premiere uh, um, on set tonight." And I'm like, and then I'm gonna fuck her on the piano. Yeah. <laughs> but the way he dismisses all the hotel staff, like they're that's so yeah, weird. Yeah, that was just it's, it's like so all, weird and so weird. They're all fucking knackered. Gentlemen, would you mind leaving us? Yeah, all that was missing was him clapping, and all of them just leaving the room while then he proceeded to have yeah. sex with her on the piano. It just shows how he really does see himself as right at the top like he th- he sees everyone as beneath yeah. him and yeah, yeah even though he denies it in the f- first scene everyone at his beck and call yeah. and that's that's evident throughout the film when he does that he yeah all he says is i wrote, I wrote it down as like gentlemen would you mind uh well, yeah would you, gentlemen would you mind leaving us yeah and they all just silently silently go oh, i guess he's gonna fuck her on the piano and they and they leave and yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I was thinking they don't work for him. He's not the. He's not Mister Thompson, the hotel manager, who's someone yeah. I forgot to say in for your consideration. A lovely character, nice character. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked him. Yeah. But yeah, they 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 just leave, and she says, "You just you know, uh, whenever you tell people to do something, they just do it. You have that way about you." You know, but she she kind of says it like it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. When for what you're saying, Dre is like you seem to be able to control people and get them to do whatever you want them to do. Yeah. <laughs> you horrible you soulless money. businessman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even the scene, like when he kind of puts her up on the piano and that the clunking of the keys as she's sitting on it, blank, 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 blank. It just kind of puts a whole serious. Yeah undertone to the whole Ugh. kind of scene it's just it's 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 a fucking horrible scene i'm glad it was shot and kind of it was shot kind of real wide from kind of far away i'm yeah. glad it never kind of zoomed in on them there yeah we didn't want to close oh, God, up with no. that yeah. but the guys left the, the guys left the room what were they doing there in the first place they're sitting around Honest. there's no bar it open looks like it looks like they were cleaning up after a wedding yeah. that was like the venue like, room is someone someone could walk in there I think in oh, in some yeah. Sorry, I forgot my jumper. It's like oh, <laughs> I forgot my jumper. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. Richard Gere is very balls. good on the piano. Yeah. Do you know any Irish yeah. songs? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were tickling the ivories. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm tickling the ovaries. <laughs> I the only other thing I have is um, wearing headphones in the bath for like it doesn't make sense. Oh, is yeah. that a thing? Do people? Is that not dangerous? And then like no. That, that whole scene where she's like, but it would—they'd get destroyed. It'd yeah, get destroyed, but it's not dangerous because it's not connected to mains. It's not electric. It's, but it's yeah. battery powered. You'd get a bit of a jump device. off it, though. There's a bit of a current going through. Yeah, but it wouldn't—it wouldn't kill you. You just break You'd it. Break it, yeah. And just that whole scene where she's just singing Prince, and it just. It, Trev, she's a sex. She's a sex worker in 1990. She's on the streets of LA. She's 
It's probably the least dangerous thing that she's doing in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little uh, trev trivia fact is the to have the bathtub uh, look like it was full of really nice and luscious bubbles, they used washing up liquid. They used like, they used, like fairy liquid. Oh, I was going to say marshmallows. <laughs> they used Sculpted. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to look like foam. But they used so much washing up detergent that it actually washed the red dye out of her hair. So um, she, she had to... Her hair is dyed. She, I thought that was it's, her it's natural hair. It's dyed additionally I... red. You know, it's it's extra oh, red to kind of accentuate how red it is, yeah. Uh, Sexual red. Yeah. For for the Star Wars gunner, so, you know, is there a, is there a small one-scene character that sets out the entire trajectory of the, of the film? She's not a one-scene character, mm. but I have Julia Roberts' friend because she... Yeah, she, because she takes mm. the money. Yeah, and she also, like, she gives her gear. She, oh, She yeah. kind of says, oh, you take this one. So... In a different world, it would have been her as Pretty Woman. She she would have yeah. been the person that happened to the car. And that, I don't know or, name. or he would have just he would have just driven on or something, or she wouldn't have gone in the car or something. Or, exactly. Yeah. And it would have the spared end. us from this terrible terrible film. Um, the yeah. other thing, I, I actually did, I forgot to look her up, but that's the girl from Just Just uh, Shoot Me. Um, she was the lead in Just oh. Shoot Me. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I think the Star Wars Gunner could have been. Um, the landlord, mm. because if the landlord hadn't asked for the rent at that particular time, she wouldn't have run out on the street and wouldn't have met her friend and wouldn't. And Richard Gere wouldn't have come along at that specific time. Yeah, she would have yeah, been there. Good... She would have been either too early or too late or whatever. Or maybe it was the uh, Richard Gere's girlfriend who ended things on the phone and put him into a fucking rage. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That made him question his ex girlfriend his other ex-girlfriend at the party and then he just left fucking fuming <laughs> putting the pedal to the metal driving furiously through the dirty dirty streets of la <laughs> looking for directions it's like a bukowski novel uh the way you're, the way, the way you're uh, yeah. <laughs> here's something that i going back to um for your consideration the only funny line in the whole movie is at the beginning when he's driving around and he's looking for, you know, he's like, is this Beverly Hills? And there's an old man who is the director, yes. yeah. Gary Marshall, yeah, who yeah. says, uh, you're in it. That's Sylvester Stallone's house right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was a funny line. I think that's the only genuinely funny line in the whole yeah. movie. It's like a sarcastic yeah. old man saying, yeah, that's Stallone's house right there. And that <laughs> is the thing, like... Funny enough, when I when I saw that when that scene happened, when he spoke to Gary Marshall and and, and he quipped about this alone gag, that actually made me think, oh God, okay, yeah, maybe this is funnier than I thought. Like it kind of set me up thinking, oh, this is gonna yeah. be maybe it's gonna be funny. Maybe there's a couple of lines that kind of went over my head as a kid um, that I didn't pick up on. Yeah, but no, yeah, no, that's the only funny line in the whole movie. <laughs> it was a kind of a false dawn. Yeah, I had that same thing. I was like, oh, there's going to be quips in there. Yeah, there's going to yeah. be like some kind of side characters, like yeah. even even the the guy in the elevator, the fucking elevator boy, who you know, who just, you think he would he would have like a funny line or two or something. Yeah. No, he just like realized, yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of he's just there. It's like it's not it's not a Coen Brothers movie. There's not going to be like small characters with little funny lines or yeah. if it was a Wes Anderson movie about uh, a hooker with a heart of gold and a, a businessman <laughs> with an icy cold heart that needs to be melted. I like a hooker the... with a heart of gold. Um, yeah. if, it, if it was a Roddy Doyle film, uh, the, the guy working in the elevator, when she'd get out, he'd shout out. 
Rider right for me as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Colomini is Edward Lewis. <laughs> Pauline McGlynn is Vivian. Boilo, sell hoy, Bob's your uncle, Una's your aunt. Here we go. There's a prostitute. One, two, three. <laughs> Excuse me. You. Excuse me, do you know how to get to Balbriggan? I'm <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah, completely lost. I got Jesus, lots of the yeah, strand sure. out there. I'll pop in and give you directions. For you. Be at you want. <laughs> oh, oh, tell me your name, will do you? Wanna, do you want to you you get in me private plane and I'm going to fly off to see a panto? <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Fly off to see a panto? <laughs> yeah. She, she said... She said uh, Oh, what's her name? What's her one's name? She said Maureen Potter was funnier than the Pirates of Prentance. Is that the name? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maureen Potter. Yeah. Uh, for for product placement, um, not a lot. Big product- mobile phones. The huge, huge phones in the early nineties. Uh, yeah, Jesus! Like you need a fucking uh, a cherry picker just to fucking bring it up to your head. I had uh, look. Hey, I'm a watch guy. Uh, gear gear wears uh, the Rolex two tone uh, date just uh, in the in the <laughs> well, movie. So specific. Well, look, w- the make model. Did you look that up? Was made. It's an iconic watch. Ed. you don't need to look that shit up when you're Trevor Brown. Uh, it's spotted <laughs> it straight away. Yeah, yeah. but what, what actually surprised me about the choice was that um, look, it's a very expensive watch, but in the Rolex world, oh. it's a mid-level watch. It's it's about 10 grand, where Rolexes go up to like 50, 60, 100 grand. So like, yeah, this yeah. guy's a billionaire, and he's wearing yeah. like a, a low-level Rolex. So I thought that was a bad choice. So the costume designer didn't didn't really do do their job there. Yeah, uh, you mm-hmm. know, if, if you're a corporate raider turned whatever he is at the end, he, he kind of becomes a private equity guy or something at the end because he, you know, mm. he, he was all about ripping things apart yeah. and now he's about, you know, investing and building. Building things. Build lots of ships. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a bit of a stupid product to have in uh, in the movie. And then just the Beverly Wilshire uh, Hotel, that hotel became famous because it became known as the Pretty Woman Hotel. And they actually have like the the penthouse is now called like the, the Pretty Woman Suite but the funny thing is that all the interior the shots weren't suite. filmed in that hotel. So it's a total yeah, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, that that looked like a, a set, like a big, big set, right? No, they, they fill it. Well, yeah, th- there was sets, but a, there was some interior shots yeah. that were filmed inside a different hotel in L.A., the, but ah. not in that one. I suppose that one was probably too expensive. The, ba- the balcony part of it was a set. The balcony part was definitely a set, yeah, yeah. A really, really bad set. Yeah. The Lotus sports car. Good shout. Yeah, forgot about that. Which which led, apparently, to a spike in sales. Uh, you know, and that was... Um, but people insisting for lot. automatic <laughs> version of the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the main one he's driving at the start? Yeah. At the start, yeah, he's driving a Lotus. They tried to get a Ferrari or something. They went to a bunch of companies and they were like, well, tell us the plot of your movie. <laughs> mm, I don't think we want to be associated mm. with that. Yeah, yeah. And Do you know finally, what car they could have used? The DeLorean. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very. It it looked very like it. It did, yeah, but yeah. it wasn't. Apart, apart from the doors opening in the conventional way, that, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's kind of like a slightly sharper kind of uh, model version. As I call of, it, of, of the, Mandalorian. The, <laughs> the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that this is the way. This is the way. 
they're the main there's some other category I kind of skim past a few things that are, were kind of light on content oh sham- champagne and strawberries I think champagne and strawberries paid big money <laughs> to have him say that line yeah. try it with the strawberry it really brings out the flavour although I wouldn't know because I don't drink yeah but the strawberry um, grower conven- uh, convention partners uh, group like <laughs> paid it, heavily for that it must it must be like you were saying Dre it's the sort of thing that yeah a, 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 an Irish mammy at a at a barbecue would say now it's so ubiquitous yeah. that everyone knows it like you've, yeah i don't think and like most of us have been to an event where there'll be champagne and strawberries but i think this could be the first time that that whole champagne strawberry connection was made i don't i don't know maybe i'm wrong but. And, and maybe that's what it put into the lexicon because i know we have that segment for what goes into the lexicon maybe champagne ah. and strawberries went into the lexicon that's a good yeah. So that, that that could be a good shout. For for on that note, um, what other things were inserted into the pop culture vault? Um, post this movie, Roy Orbison was already in the vault or already in the, the lexicon. Uh. But uh, but maybe maybe this movie kicked that song and Roy Orbison into a new generation. Yeah. Maybe potentially. Yeah, it, unfortunately, he had just died. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But it kept, I mean, for for I think it was it was maybe one of the first times I'd heard I had heard George Orbison. <laughs> maybe it was George one of the first. Roy's uh, maybe it was lesser one of known the first brother. Times. <laughs> yeah, <the> yeah. George. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy singing in the commitments. Yeah. Only the lonely. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it was the first time I'd ever I'd ever really heard. Although it was probably around that time that I bought the Travon Wilburys album. You're um, not alone I, anymore. Anymore. Dun, 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 but I wasn't that familiar with with uh, Roy Orbison. But I remember that was, and I don't know if it was just because he died that probably had something yeah. to do with it. But I think this definitely would have uh, kickstarted an interest in in him. And that song became, I think, at the time that song was everywhere. Well, the thing about Pretty Woman as a song is, in my humble opinion, is that a lot of the time famous artists like their most well-known song is never their best song you know yeah if you look at like like say like a bob dylan like blown in the wind or whatever like he's got like a it's it would barely make his top 20 and the, like the beatles like love me do or whatever like that's not going to be like it's hard to know what the it depends on who you are you have a different version of what the mm. most famous beatles song is but it's definitely not their best song because all their famous ones are tend to be from their earlier stuff. anyway with roy orbison yeah. though he has got some fantastic songs but like Pretty Woman is an unbelievable pop yeah. song. It's a fucking, it's a belter of a song. And which came first, the song or the film? Like, was this was that a song? Oh, this was a very film? well known. This was a fam- This was like I think it was in the seventies. It was already yeah, out, yeah. was it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like it, it was such sure. a it was such late, a big late sixties kind of tune. Yeah, but yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I remember seeing Roy Orbison um, in play Australia. Um, when I went back in time in 1965, but uh, no, it was a, an old video on on Sky on Sky Arts or something, and he opened the, the he opened his tour or he opened the set with with Pretty Woman, and then he did all his songs, and then he closed with Pretty Woman, and then for his encore he just come come back on and played Pretty Woman for ten minutes, and that's like that's like when I saw Aslan <laughs> yeah. they played um, they played Crazy World at the start. 
and then they played it at the end, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they played it uh, as an encore. So they in one in one but, night they they played <laughs> Crazy World three but times. The difference with Alison is they they were probably out of a tray and they probably did, they probably couldn't remember what they were doing. Is they were probably <laughs> like, what do we do next? Uh, crazy World. <laughs> but everyone loved it. Yeah, exactly. In fairness, the crowd were shouting for Crazy World yeah. again. That was the funny thing about seeing Roy Orbison. It was like his his um, encore was literally him playing Pretty Woman and like it probably wasn't 10 minutes but it was definitely <laughs> 6 or 7 minutes and the intro dong 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 they they did that like they played that riff as the band were coming back on stage for the encore and all the audience were just clapping 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 real 60s crowd yeah. like just yeah. all sitting down in suits you know in ball, ball uh, room dresses ball room dresses should I say uh, all kind of clapping politely along to the song and he just played that riff for like 3 or 4 minutes and then he sung it and then repeated the whole song again and then and then did the <laughs> outro for ages and then finally did oh pretty woman um hey <laughs> but it is it's an unbelievable song and it, it is it's one of those songs that elevates a, a whole movie 1964 yeah. it was released in 1964 oh. i mean it sounds amazing just the production on it the the that clean mm-hmm pop sound and just yeah his you know his voice was there's a really there's a really great um story about roy orbison when he was making the travel wilburys album with all those famous guys george harrison tom petty and bob dylan and jeff lynn and it was like he's one of the last things he ever did and there's a bit where they're they're recording some some song and it could have been not alone anymore or something like that and i think tom petty just said Wow, Roy, you really have the the greatest voice ever. And he just kind of sheepishly said, Roy Orbison just went, "Yeah, I guess it's pretty good." <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah. He was like really humble, but like they were like just blown away just hearing him sing and hitting those notes. He was like, "You've just got, you have the most amazing voice." And he was like, "Yes, yeah, well, it's not too bad." Okay, Trev's trivia. Um, in the in the movie poster, in the film poster, the movie poster, the promotional poster, uh, Robert's head is superimposed onto uh, Shelley Michelle's body, so that the body in that poster isn't Julia Roberts' body; it's a model's body, and they, they cut off the head and put Julia Roberts' head on top of it, and that's why she's grabbing his tie uh, in the poster because it's a lovely cut, like the, the tie is kind of going across Julia Roberts' shoulder in the poster, which is a perfect place to kind of like cut and put her head on top. So it's a perfect kind of link. Um, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that prior to seeing this. What? Uh, or reading up. But what was wrong with Julia Roberts' body? I suppose in movies, they, they tend to like, you know, you can have ass stand-ins or back stand-ins for, for different actresses or actors. They, they want to have different... Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like Al, Al Pacino has a regular guy that he uses all the time. Oh, my because ass he got a great ass. He's got a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Ed. One scene, one fact that freaked the fucking shit out of me was in the scene where Julia Roberts is laughing at the old "I Love Lucy" episodes, and um, she's kind of laughing yeah. histori- hyster- hysterically at these kind of average. Uh, they could have got better. Uh, <laughs> bits from i love lucy that were actually funny yeah but in in those scenes that she was laughing at to encourage julia roberts to laugh in that manner in that kind of hysterical manner 
Gary, Ma- Gary Marshall off camera was tickling her feet to make her laugh. Which which is the creepiest <laughs> fact I've. That's ca- that's creepy. Like, is yeah. he a bit of a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> kind of foot fetish guy? And he was like, mm-hmm. "I've got an idea." Like in every movie, does he bring the the lead lady over and say, "I've got an idea." When you hear that your mother uh, has just died, maybe to evoke some emotion, maybe I could just suck in your little toe for a few minutes. Uh, well, I'll do it off camera so no one can see. Uh, my sister Penny is always telling me this is weird, but I don't think it's weird. But hey, she she writes movies about uh, you know kids that turn into adults so she's a freak um, i think i think it's i think it's innocent enough i don't think it's like because when when you talk about tarantino and his creepy feet thing but also the scene where um in in glorious bastards where you want the 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 german actress character mm. is like mm-hmm. being choked is choked to death that's like tarantino's hands he did the choking in that scene that's creepy I think Gary yeah. Gary Marshall is just a he's just a a weird avuncular he's like your avuncular Jewish uncle who got to direct movies or something. Yeah, he, and if you ever see him being interviewed, he just he does come across as a very amicable, nice kind of lo- yeah, lovely yeah. man. Um, so yeah, no, I give him the benefit on the death. But when you read that as a pure fact, it just reads creepy. Yeah, yeah. You know, the director yeah. tickled yeah. her feet off camera. It's like what? Okay, they made a lot of money out of this movie. It was the third highest grossing movie of nineteen ninety. Ghost was number one. Home Alone was number two. Dances with Wolves was number th- four. And Pretty Woman was number three. It made just under oh. half a billion, um, which in today's money, using the inflation calculator, is just under... Inflation calculator, yeah. now. So it, it, it almost what? broke the billion. Like in today's money, it, it almost broke Jesus. the billion. In today's... So back then, it was like... A, half a, a billion. It was like an Avengers Endgame. It was an Avengers Endgame. That, so like... And, and so all of so okay anything above four hundred thousand in nineteen ninety money is is about a bill it's just under a billion so the four movies that topped in nineteen ninety was Ghost Home Alone Pretty Woman and Dancing with Wolves today yeah. none none of those movies maybe even get made for a cinematic release that they're they're probably like you know Amazon Prime or Netflix movies so they they, they may not even make it to a cinema today and if they yeah, do get yeah. released they don't make a billion. It it really was a different time. Like Back to the Future three was way down the list. It was number six, and it made a quarter of a billion. <laughs> Die Hard two underneath it, and Kindergarten Cop was in the top ten that year with two hundred two hundred million. That's a great. That's hey, it's a great, a great film. movie, and we should that. do that movie as well. I I have I have a little tidbit for Trev's trivia. Yeah, Maybe I can come this section under the radar. Flying under the radar. What's knowing about the movie? Yeah, you know the coat. So I saw I saw this bit on it was like an anniversary special. I think it was twenty five years or twenty years later or twenty five years later. Um, and the director was talking about you know the red coat that she wears. So yes, at the beginning. No, when she's when she the red coat when she's a she, lady like her red coat. She no 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 when she's a when she's a, a lady of the oh. night. Oh right okay. She's wearing it at over the, start. the Fifth Element outfit. That yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very Fifth it Element. Is, yeah. But um, <laughs> I can just see Bruce Willis in the background us. looking for her. He's just running around <laughs> with a gun in his hand. <laughs> they wanted. They, he didn't know what way he wanted her to look. So the director, I think, drove around the streets of L.A. where all the the sex workers frequented and was with him. How much for me to tickle um, your feet? 
<laughs> Pretty much with his uh, with the fashion designer of the sh- what do you call no um, yeah with wardrobe costume department designer. of the yeah. film costume designer and my impression is that he saw this sex worker wearing this coat and he just went that's the perfect coat that's what I wanted to wear get that coat get that coat and this, the, kill that woman <laughs> yeah the costume designer got out of the car and bought the coat off your one I can't imagine she got like she paid much for it yeah. and then he just goes and we brought it back and we cleaned it up and it was perfect but that it's a, it's a really iconic we coat cleaned it up so wait paid, yeah, that, that, we cleaned oh, it up yeah, what was yeah. on it did they put a blue light on it uh, after they cleaned it just yeah. to be sure but I hope yeah. I hope they paid that poor woman well for that. But I have a feeling that. They and, and, a, and an additional fact to that fact, Ray, is it's the same red coat that they gave to the little girl in Schindler's List. <laughs> no, Shut it's no, it's up. not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that coat has been around the block. <laughs> Oh, Been man. around a lot. I'm so t- I'm so tired. I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Nice>. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, poor little yeah. girl. It would have been funny if all of Pretty Woman was in black and white, but except for Julia Roberts, and she was in color when yeah. she wore that. <laughs> when she wore the red coat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Three thousand dollars. That's all it would have taken. <laughs> One week. I would have got her for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ralph Fiennes just follows her around on a horse. Um, okay, that was Trev's trivia. We're, and with a bit of under the radar. Anything for the salmonator? Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Salmonella? <laughs> no, I think I think I I think I, uh, I think I talked about all my all my trivia. Yeah. There. Oh, a little little uh, extra bit of trivia. Richard Gere is not a real businessman and <laughs> Judah Roberts, <laughs> not a real prostitute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does this movie deserve a place in the Sinistream Vault? Before we make this decision, like we, well, like what we've done in the last few episodes, we like to take a look at IMDb and see what the user community over there has to say. Um, I, I usually I go through a couple of the one star reviews from the the. Um, Always logical, always very sane people <laughs> of the IMDb <laughs> sphere. Fuck, fuck Pauline Keel or you know uh, what's his name, Donald Clark. You know, I want to hear. I want to hear the real, the real. I want to hear. Reviewers, I want to hear what cinephiles. I want to hear what Buddy Bick Ford has to say about Pretty Woman. <laughs> oh yeah, now, I love his insight. This this review was it was a long one, and it was such a kind of it was such a good review. I'm going to just keep it to one this week, guys, because um, there's a lot mm. of um, there's an overarching theme with all of the one star reviews, and this one kind of it's a good summation of what the consensus is from the one star community. Uh, so it's a good smorgasbord. It is a good smorgasbord. Yes, Trey, nice one. That's a nice. <laughs> that's a nice touch, Trey. So, Buddy McFord, the the title of this review is "No One Hates This Film More Than Me." <laughs> which is a, like and i'll fight anyone that claims to yeah yeah my address is clackety clack 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 come at me uh yeah so he starts the review and i've actually this is a long review and i've actually made it shorter and um, so I, I, I am paraphrasing it a bit he's not gonna like just that yeah, buddy, he's gonna be furious just in case buddy big forward is listening i'm sorry buddy big forward but uh i i have you know you, you tend to ramble 
So he opens the review by saying, I have just given a 10-star review for Thieves Highway. I mentioned this for two reasons. <laughs> yeah. One, to prove I'm not a git who just gives bad reviews all the time. And two, <laughs> yeah, I am not a racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and two, because the theme of the film has the same thread, namely falling in love with a woman of the night. We all know Pretty Woman is a chick flick and you can't avoid them all, but eventually they'll get you. <laughs> like zombies. It's like zombies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just make sure you're constantly moving away from them. If you stop, they might keep, they might catch it. It's like a John Carpenter uh, uh, analogy. Uh, Pretty Woman for me does two things, two terribly, horribly, ghastly things. <laughs> Firstly, it portrays prostitution as a career more akin to that of a dancer. You know, with absolutely... (laughs) You know... How? The lens this man watched this movie through. You know that of a dancer with, you know, the one with great, great friends, leg warmers and lots of giggling and borrowing each other's makeup. Flash dance. (laughs) Yeah. My feeling is this, quote unquote, happy hooker type protagonist is a lot more palatable than an even nearly realistic character which for me begs the question if you make a movie about a type of person but are too chicken scared to adorn that player with the real characteristics familiar to that role then why even do it if i make a movie about a chef but don't want him to cook or talk about food or even wear a white hat then why make a film about a chef in the first place what a cop out what a what a cop out! Really, 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 really lame. <laughs> so really, he's just given out that there wasn't enough hooking in it. Uh, yeah, I think he wanted. I think he wanted it to be the Pacino Michelle Pfeiffer movie, where you know, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think it's worse than that. I think he just. I think he wants to watch the porn parody, which is called Pretty Fucking Woman. And yeah. this guy's got no, he's got no class. He's got no taste. This is Julia Roberts's breakout. This is the movie that made her a star. Yeah, yeah. Have some respect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Getting towards the end. Secondly, Pretty Woman insults romance itself. Edward Lewis, played by Richard Gere, has no clue how to seduce or romance with this lady without his plastic little friend. <laughs> Which penis. I'm, yeah, which I'm hoping is the credit card. Or, it's, 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 he's carrying a little dildo in his pocket, getting into the. Yeah, it vibrates. Give yeah. us a minute, guys. Yep, don't leave home without one, especially if you are a moron in a suit who has zero imagination. More importantly, and this is this is his finale. More importantly, anyone who likes this film will hate Thieves Highway, which I've just given a ten star review for. <laughs> A wonderful story, which is kind of loosely based on the same subject. It's like he forgot that he said that at the top of the review. Yeah. And then, right, I, I'm, I swear to God, look it up. It's on the one-star reviews of Buddy McFord uh, in IMDb under Pretty Woman. At the end of this review, he says, I'll finish with a song. <laughs> and then Whoa. he has a song where he's changed the words of Pretty Woman into a review of the movie Pretty Woman. <laughs> 
Play that yes. song. Wait, 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 I'll give you the backing. I'll give you the backing. Oh, yeah. Dun, 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 Pretty woman hanging round the street. Pretty woman, the kind I like to treat. Pretty woman, I don't believe you. You're not the truth. No one could spend as much money as you. Mercy. Pretty woman, there's three verses. Won't you pardon me? Pretty woman, I couldn't help but see. Pretty woman, you look lovely as can be. But you do lack some imagination, just like me. (laughs) And then the end of it is, pretty woman, shop a while. Pretty woman, talk a while. Pretty woman, sell your smile to me. Pretty woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty woman, look my way. Pretty woman, say you'll stay with me and I'll pay you. (laughs) I'll pay for the night. There wasn't. I mean, I can't fault him on the song. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think every review should end with a, a song where you change the words I know and they're for a song. Yeah. It seems that he hated the movie, but that song really, you know, earwigged into his brain. Yeah. Maybe is he the guy that wrote the Pretty Woman musical? Because you know there is a Pretty Woman musical. The, that has been a theme now throughout this. Yeah. Throughout our series. True. Yeah, a, a lot of the movies that we've looked on have. There's been no Back to the Future musical there, coming the, to American. Yeah, uh, Edwin, I, I, it's just been released. Um, what? Yeah, what? Back to what? the Future. Um, it was meant to be released. It was what? meant to be released. Um, at the start of the pandemic, and it got paused, and now they're just ready to go. And as soon as London lockdown stops, Back to the Future is hitting the West End. Shut the front oh door! Oh my yeah. god. Musical by Bob, by Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis. There you go. Christ oh, is, Zeme- is, it, is it? Did you just Google it, Trey? Is is Zemeckis first performance February twentieth, twenty twenty? They did a performance. Manchester Opera House. Yeah, it did kick off. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Power love better be fucking in it, or otherwise I'm not going. Well, of course. Oh lads, the the the, the guy on the cover, it's it's crazy. This we're, we're I'm down a rabbit we're hole. Speechless. <laughs> Andre's yeah, yeah. falling down a rabbit hole. We're but, speechless. But obviously, that that was a pretty long review. I'm not going to do any more because yeah. you know. But to be fair to this guy, he's a bit of a point with regard, like the 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 the, the, the weight of the movie. Like it's kind of it it skims a very dark, seedy um, story, and it mm. kind of makes it very light and bubbly, and to. Maybe it's to the credit of Walt Disney, like what, like they have this knack for doing that, where they can take a dark theme and then kind of like re- repackage it and then disseminate it to the masses with a story that everyone can, can like, it kind of see past the dark under. Like the fact that, like, I, at the very start of this whole thing, I was saying how, like, all like my parents and any older woman that I knew in the early nineties, when you mentioned Richard Gere. They just say, oh, God, Jay's a lovely man. And they, they're thinking of him in Pretty Woman or Officer and a Gentleman. And it, mm-hmm. yeah. and the fact that they can think of Pretty Woman with a bit of nostalgia about, like, how, like, you know, the way men were or something. <laughs> and, he, and he's a horrible man. Maybe it's something to do with how Disney can kind of package these things together. And look, it made, ha- it made a billion in today's money. So it did something right. The ultimate kind of end game here is to make a decision on whether we put this in the vault or not. And I've you're not going to be surprised by me saying this, but like I, I would say absolutely not. <laughs> it's not 
a film that I'll watch again. Trevor's like the the, the security guard or the the manager of the hotel before <laughs> before he 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 realized she's a nice young lady. He's just like prostitutes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even want. I don't even want to get to know Julia Roberts' character in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. just judge. Um, but no, I just think like look. I'd said it before with the commitments argument is that like, is this a film that you're going to watch again and again and again? Is the film that holds a special place in your heart? Is it a film that you can put up there alongside the movies that we've already put in the vault? The likes of the Mrs. Doubtfires of the world, the Back to the Futures of the world. Does it have an amazing performance by a central character? I know we say Julia Roberts carries this movie but I mm. still don't think she's that good in it. I do agree she does carry it, but like not to the level of Jay Fox and, and, and you know, the way he carries, not that, not that Back to the Future needs to be carried, but he propels it as, as opposed to carrying it. He propels it forward. Yeah. Um, but it's not at that level. So no, I, look, I, I, I won't be putting it into the vault. But I've said no before and I've been outvoted. <laughs> so let's see what you guys think. Um Ed, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think um, unlike Back to the Future, which was, a, you know, like a great concept, a great script, and, you know, uh, Michael J. Fox gave it that extra push because he, he was the perfect character, um, the perfect actor to play that character. I think for this one, I think Julia Roberts is the perfect choice for it. Mm-hmm. I think the movie doesn't work without her. I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's okay. I think it's a little bit long for what is supposedly uh, a romantic comedy. I was kind of surprised when it started that it was two hours. I was like, oh. And if, I mean, like, if you're a fan of Julia Roberts, I'd say, yeah, watch it. But, like, it comes from, like you are saying, Trev, Whenever you mention this to women of a certain age, they're like, oh, my God, Richard Gere, American Gigolo, officer and gentleman. He's such a, you know, he's this kind of wonderful, suave, romantic figure. But I think this comes from you have to remember that this is also an era where Fabio was like a sensation. Yeah. The the guy who was the, the literally the model for Mills and Boone romantic novel covers yeah. was like a megastar. So it comes from a very uh, shallow, simpler time. And it is a very kind of simplified version of, you know, like, I mean, there there is a bit in, you know, because it starts and then there's opening credits. And then within the opening credits, there's like shots of guys, you know, soliciting sex from prostitutes and, you know, someone's murdered. And it's kind of, it's alluded to, but the whole thing kind of felt like, it was like if kids if 10 year old or 11 year old kids wrote a, wrote a movie about a, a prostitute and a business lad in the late eighties, that's yeah. what it, that's what it would end up as. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, mi- like milk money. Yeah. Yeah. Save up their milk money to get to buy a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that's, that is, that's like, that is like this film yeah. actually. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't think I would put it in the vault. I think there's better Julia Roberts performances and better movies. I mean, I would say the only reason to watch this movie, I would say, is if you are a fan of Julia Roberts. And in a weird way, it is almost like a kind of a period piece at this point, because yeah. we've come so far from, 
just how we view sex workers, even how we view, you know, businessmen yeah. after Trump, how, you know, things were much, much simpler back then, whereas now it's a different world. It's a completely different kind yeah. of playing field. There's no big, big mobile phones. There's um, there's only tiny, tiny smart ones. <laughs> so, no, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I would not put this into the into the into the cine stream vault. Yeah. And it's also because the movie is kind of it's neither a drama, which is what it was originally intended to be, nor is it a slapstick all out comedy. It's this weird middle of the road movie. Yeah. Which worked at the time and was successful for the time but now doesn't fully hold up. It's kind of like an Elton John song compared, you know, it's kind of a middle of the road, just. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that was the, th- the first big mistake they made with the movie. Um, personally, I think, t- I think today's kind of, um, Netflix savvy, uh, streaming audience wouldn't get past 15 minutes of it. Probably. No. And Andrea, where are you with this? Wow, guys, there's two of you in it, and I'm going to jump in there with you. Uh, I I hated yeah. it. I didn't enjoy it at all. I enjoyed the music. Funnily enough, even though Julia Roberts was banned from the house, when I bought my first car when I was 18, I bought, a seat, I bought the Pretty Woman soundtrack because it was going for two euro in Duns at the time. So I bought that, and it was played constantly. Um, I don't, it's not a film that I, that you, I don't know, I would never think to put it on. It would never be a film that I would recommend to put on, Mm. you know, Um, but in saying that we all, I mean, we all wanted this on the list. We we all had a hankering to watch it, but now that we have, it's not something that I, that I would revisit uh, again and again and again. I don't think it's, it hasn't stood the test of time i think the characters haven't been fleshed out enough it's not romantic enough to be a romance it's not funny enough to be a comedy so what the fuck is it <laughs> it's just yeah. it's a curio a it's a, a kind of a, it's a it's an old kind of curio movie that everyone knows but yeah, yeah. i think i think anyone who hasn't seen it would probably have the same kind of reaction that we've all had just like what the fuck yeah. is this and that's it. it. It just feels like a film that doesn't know what the fuck it is. It's it yeah. feels and it, it actually that and I know not to repeat myself too much, but like the fact that Disney came in and took it over and changed the script and blah, blah, blah. It, it's exactly that. It's too many cooks. It, it, it's 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 when executives take something and like bastardize it into into what they want it to be or what they think the audience will want it to be so it can make more money. Yeah. And what you're left with is kind of a mediocre fucking product that doesn't know what it is. And to your point, Ray, it's not a comedy, it's not a drama, it's just a mishmash of fucking everything. And and George from Seinfeld tries to rape Julia Roberts, and that's like s- such a traumatic thing that I'd never want to see again. Yeah, and actually, yeah. On, on, like we we didn't even get to talk about it. And yeah, it just doesn't it it just doesn't sit right today. It, it doesn't. It's just a creepy scene. Yeah. It's just such a dark scene that comes out of nowhere yeah. in a way. Yeah. Like, there, I think there was no, uh, there was really no need for there to be a, uh, like an almost rape. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, I think he could. I think he could have. She's a tough. They, they need to villainize like, yeah. the character, need... and it's like he was annoyed because yeah. 
Richard Gere went from being this, you know, somebody who breaks things apart to make money off them into this other guy of like who builds things to, to make things, which is more of a capitalist and whatever. And George didn't like that. And rather than them just have the yeah. fight about that, it's like, no, no, there has to be something else. So, yeah, OK, let's get him to try and yeah, like, let's yeah. have him assault Julia Roberts, which is a. Re- but also he, he didn't have to assault her. He could have come in. He could have been like soliciting her for sex. And she could have refused, and maybe he could have insulted, insulted her, her, and she and she could have yeah, yeah. she could have ran, she could have ran out of the building in tears, and then you know Richard Gere would have been, you know, oh what what happened, what happened, and then he would have gone and confronted Jermaine. yeah, you know, and that would have been like he's standing up for, her, whereas, in a way, it's kind of like what are you doing, trying to you know trying to rape my property that I've paid for, yeah, rented yeah. out for the week kind of thing. And then he's like, yeah. but then he doesn't even, like when he's given out to him, he's like, you never, you know, you never liked me. It was all about the kill. He's not even talking about the attempted rape. He's just like, yeah, yeah. you know, he's talking about business and stuff. It's just such a, yeah, it's like in a in a reasonably, not not lighthearted, but it doesn't go too, too serious. But that scene, I was like, Jesus. Yeah. And apparently Jason Alexander said that for like years afterwards, people would see him in the street and attack him because he tried to, you know, you, you fucker, you tried to rape Julia Roberts. Yeah. And like, you know, Jesus. old ladies with handbags and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. The fair city effect. Yeah. We're all in agreement. It's not going in. Yeah. Let's cast it aside. And hopefully, hopefully we never have to watch that piece of shit again. Access denied for Pretty Woman. If you agree or disagree, let us know. We're on Twitter at the Cinestream C1 because that was the best handle we could get. And we're on Instagram at the Cinestream Club. Give us a shout. Tell us how hot or cold we are. If you really like the podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, do the review thing. If you have the time to write a few words and hit submit, that would be really appreciated because it makes the difference when it comes to the charts. And we love charts here on the Cinestream Club. <laughs> Next week, we'll be watching the Christopher Nolan early noughties classic, Batman Begins. Joining us will be comedian and Batman obsessor, Ronan Grace. If you want to watch and play along, you can stream it on Now TV or rent it on Google Play or Apple TV. Talk to you later. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Heard my little sis is buying a car. You'll need my secret guide. Gross, no way. I already used Capital One Auto Navigator. I bet your credit score... Wasn't impacted at all, so ha! I got my real rate and monthly payment, had an amazing test drive at the dealership, and made the purchase. Taking the easy way out. That's so you. Still not getting it. That's so you. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash Auto Navigator.